Your line is muted. Only the host can unmute your line. Raise your hand using star 2 so the host knows when you want to speak. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our Bible study and fellowship on YouTube and TalkShoe. I appreciate you being here tonight. Uh, I apologize for Monday night. I mean, Sunday night, like I keep, keep forgetting we've dropped Monday night for the time being. But uh, health problems again arose and had health problems this week. For you that don't know, that's the reason that uh, there wasn't a program Sunday night. Uh, maybe that's cleared up for the time being. We'll just have to wait and see. But my apologies. The Lord's in control of all that in the end. And all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that call according to his purpose. But we're here tonight, and we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This will be part two. And like I was telling Brother Dave today on the telephone, we may, I'm going to sit here in this chair as long as, long as I possibly can, physically can. Um, may make it through the, the whole part two, or we may cut it and make it a part three. Go into part three. That's so I'm sure that'd be fine with y'all. It'd have to be if I have to if I have to get up and and, and lay back down and get in the prom position. But anyway, enough about me. Tired of talking about me. Is there any prayer request out there, Brother William? Any of y'all got any prayer request that you want prayed about tonight, Brother Dave? When you pray, be sure and pray again for uh, Brother Tony Adams' son Brian. He's, he's feeling better, and um, the cartilage is starting to grow back, and he's, he's not in as much pain, and he can breathe again through his nose. So he is for the prayer. Yes. So does the whole lot of the family. And the girl that we've been praying for, the one that was in the car accident, is just doing miraculously wonderful in her rehabilitation. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'll give some time for anybody to write down anything. Yeah. Okay. I hope all you guys that are there in the chat are doing well. I hope that your week went fine, as fine as possible. I hope there's something that the Lord gave you this week, that there were some blessings involved in your life. I hope that you've taken some of the things that you've learned here and have started trying to apply them to your life in some way to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Because the judgment seat of Christ is where our rewards for what we did and took these things that we've learned and started trying to apply them in our life, that's where or whether we actually did or didn't. Whether we said we did and down deep we didn't, or we actually did, we'll receive a reward. But anyway, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer, Brother Dave, since there's nobody yes. else. Yeah, there's no request yet. 
Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come tonight again. And Lord, we come with, with joy in our spirits to learn yeah. your word. But in our minds, I for one, and I know Pastor Don, it sounds like a lot of us are somewhat troubled in our minds, Lord, about what's going on around us and in our lives and the difficulties. So tonight, Lord, we we make room, Lord, for you to teach us. We always ask that you would teach us and remind us to put you first in all things, Lord. And we pray that tonight you would bring an answers to questions that we have, Lord, internally, maybe that we haven't focused on or haven't spoken here in this chat room and that we haven't shared with our brothers and sisters but lord you you know what they are and we've prayed to you and there's things that trouble us that we haven't really been able to identify properly and even pray about properly father i pray in the name of jesus i myself have a prayer request that you would show me how to use the word of god that i'm teaching and all the revelations that you're bringing us how to use them successfully in our daily life where our feet hit the ground where the rubber meets the road how we would expand the, the kingdom of god how we'd be able to build the church of jesus christ how we'd be able to love edify and exhort our brothers and sisters and we know some ways we know how to do it by sharing the word and uh, and giving communicating but there there are other ways that things that need to be ushered in that as of yet on this earth haven't been done successfully by men of god that we know of and lord we want to know those things that other men of god or maybe other people in this generation have never employed successfully totally the word of god against the weapons that are formed against us and to show us lord how to master the word of god and send it forth against the weapons that we can identify and articulate and describe and send the word of god out to destroy them that are destroying our nations our fellowships our brothers and sisters and the innocent children of the world and indoctrinating whole societies into following lucifer and the beast the antichrist and thinking they're doing god's will lord show us and help us how to destroy these deceptions and misconceptions and to bring about the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ in all things. And Lord, I lift up to you, brother Brian Adams. Lord, and I pray in Jesus' name that brother Brian's healing would continue and be miraculous. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this miraculous healing and restoration would be known by all people, Father, in the name of Jesus. For these things i'm truly grateful so be it amen amen and people are, there's a bunch of noise going on i have no idea what that is. i apologize there's no way you could have followed that prayer 
because the, the, the interruption was on a continuous basis practically every two or three seconds. It's, it's like somebody's playing a harmonica or something. Yeah, weird sounds. And it's loud. I have yeah, no, it's loud. no idea what it is, what kind of feedback, where it's coming from. It's the first time we've ever had that particular sound come across our program. So I and it's, it's, it sounded a bit like a keyboard too, like clicking. Yeah, well, keyboard, harmonica. And that, and harmonica or something. Yeah, weird. Maybe it was coming from the pipes of the anointed cherub. Who knows, you know? <laughs> yes. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Anyway. Amen. Yeah. Anyway, Amen. you people that Brother Day prayed for, it's a blessing just to have supplicatory prayer made public out into the airwaves that we breathe, the vibrations of the prayer to go out for somebody to name you on there. That's why prayer, one of the reasons prayer is so important. That's the reason Apostle Paul makes the statement, pray without ceasing, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks. You know, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. The Apostle Paul could hardly write a, a, a phrase or a chapter without mentioning prayer or thanksgiving because that is so important to keep yourself in remembrance of why you have what you have, where you're at, the very fact that you're standing on two legs if you are, and even if you're not, you still have the ability to hear. And if you can't hear, then I don't know about the braille business on this. But anyway, you get my drift on what I'm talking about, about being thankful. The ability to go to the bathroom, stuff like that. The simple things that we take for granted, that we think we're rich and increased with goods, which we'll hit on a little bit tonight, that we're all guilty of. That we're all guilty of. Now, I was going, I mentioned uh, last Friday night that I would probably go into some deeper detail of my pregnancy to Christ that I've been working on and praying about and, and um, trying to get some clarity from the Lord on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that tonight, um, probably because I'm going to work it into to another teaching which will it'll bring bring it right back into the judgment seat of Christ, but it'll be in, in a, with a bigger scope, and I think you'll understand it better if I just start doing that in detail now. For one, it's the, the difference in sin. You have people out there that try to talk about sin, and they think sin, oh, well, he's committing fornication, he's a queer, He's, he's a drunkard, you know, he stole something. That, yeah, that, yeah, that's outward stuff done in the body of sin. But there's a lot more to sin than you that, that you've been taught. Now, you people that sit under this ministry, I've dealt with it in many ways. I've talked about the sin people never talk about. Just the very fact that when you know to do something good and you don't do it, it's sin. Okay? But this chat, this part of the scripture we're dealing with now 
has nothing to do with sin. It's got you because your sin is there's that noise again. It's saying that sound like a, a, a cat or something, dog or something. Anyway, has nothing to this has nothing to do. You're not. This is not a judgment for sin. This is a judgment for what the inward man done in this dead corpse. Because the corpse, the the outward man is dead and buried with Christ. And you, the inward man that does these works walking around in this rotting corpse, does these works from the inside out using a dead body that's actually buried, that has the sin, quote unquote, that it dwells within it. Sin is not actions per se. Sin is a is a prop is a human nature problem. It's even got two different explanations, so to speak, from the Old Testament to the New. Armatia in the New Testament. It's hey uh hey tata in the old testament and when i do the other program that i was that i mentioned earlier i'll go in that and i will just talk about sin i'll just do the whole program the whole program will will have will involve that right there because so many people think that they are on top of their game with the lord and they're just consider continuing to let that old man continue to do sin even though it's not counted as sin to the inward man because the inward man can never sin again because he has been cut loose from his body and the only good that this old body is for is to be used for good works and to do your purpose that you was put here for for the lord that your inward man is sinless do you realize Brother Dave, just turn to Proverbs 24. Okay. Let me show you how some, I know that you people have been under enough Bible teaching, not just from me, but to realize that sin cannot enter the presence of God, right? I'm sure that you, you, you understand, correct? Yes. I want to show you a sin that nobody even thinks about that had that had that nobody you've never heard a sermon on this sin all right and then we'll get out of the sin business and we'll get into the judgment seat of christ but i just want to show you something simple proverbs 24 verse 1 proverbs 24 verse 6 verse 6 okay or by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war and in multitude of counselors, there's safety. Gave you the wrong verse, brother. Apologize. It could be verse one. It says, be not no. thou envious against evil men, neither no. desire to be with them. No, 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 brother. It, this is very, very simple. I'll just quote it, okay? It's All right. The thought of foolishness is sin. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Think about that for just a second. No sin can enter the presence of God. 
It would be it would be total destruction from God. Sin can't enter the presence of God. The thought of foolishness is sin. Yes. Everybody, everybody wants to think about the drunkards and the whoppers and the faggots and the pedophiles and everything. What about the thought of foolishness? One sin is all it takes to put a man in the lake of fire because sin cannot enter the presence of a holy, righteous, sinless, and just God. It only takes one. That's why you have to have imparted unto you the righteousness of God. Because you have to be godlike to stay with God in his presence. And it has to be sinless. That's why John says, he that is born of God doth not commit sin, neither can he sin because his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Now that one little statement about sin, that and he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And anybody under the sound of my voice that ever hears this, if you think by some stretch of the imagination that you that there's a balance somewhere and your good deeds is going to be weighed against your sin, and you did you did more good than you did sinning, <laughs> and you're gonna make it through. You're just a, to quote the Bible, a damn fool, and a proud one too. A damn fool. He that believeth not is damned. Okay. Yes. I'm not, I'm not cursing. I'm telling you, Bible is a damn fool. Okay. The thought of foolishness is sin. The plowing of the wicked is sin. Some man trying to raise a garden that's not born again, that's not one of God's elect, is not Israelite or not part of the family of God, the foundation of God. Him trying to make a plowing to raise food for his family is a sinner. Therefore, he's condemned. One sin condemns the person. It has to be a spotless, sinless sacrifice, pure, without spot or wrinkle. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the one that gave us that righteousness to be able to even, to lay the sin aside and in some places where the word of God uses sin, and I'll do that when we go into the deep subject I was telling you about, we'll go through where the where the Bible uses the word sin, where it's not talking about the sin that damns to hell, but it's talking about sin in, in another respect. Because there's a bunch of different idioms and ways that it's used where just the word sin is put down, but it's talking about other things that are not damnable stuff, okay? But we'll get into that deep stuff, but we'll get to it later. Just start at verse one, brother, and bring us on down so we get to know no other foundation to no man lay, okay? Okay. Oh, I lost my spot somehow. 
First Corinthians. Okay. So while he's looking for his spot, second, I got three, it. Three, I think it's verse eleven. But any those people that tell you sin is a sin is uh, is um, violating God's law, that's just a minute thing. Sin is disobeying God's law. That's what they'll try to they'll try to roll sin into one big pile and say that's what it is violation of God's law. Because it does say that in John. And they'll hang their hat there, and that's all they'll talk about. And most of them aren't born again, and they just, just, just sin. They just, their life is filled with sin there. They'll have no idea about repenting of nothing or fellowship or whatsoever. And they just continue to do it because of their biblical ignorance and not rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, go ahead, read, brother. Okay, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus Christ, the foundation of the household of God. Go ahead, brother. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the no. day shall declare it. Okay, go ahead while while I'm talking and go to Second Corinthians chapter five. Okay, okay. Uh, the foundation can no man lay down with his lay, which is Christ Jesus. If any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, so on and so on. Okay, that's that's what he does when he made his body, which Paul will make that plainer when and. In Second Corinthians five, in just a second, when Brother Dave reads it, he'll explain it like I'm fixing to tell you right now. This is what you do. These things it's talking about, this gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, are the obedience, are the workings of the Spirit of God that dwells in you that works its way out in the commandments laid out in the New Testament by the apostles and by the Lord Jesus Christ after the resurrection. Rightly dividing the word of truth in the context where it appears. Obedience. Obedience and self-denial. The key to the precious stones Gold and silver is self-denial, and I'll show you that in just a second. And I'll show, I'm going to show, put, throw it in your face, just like the Lord threw it in the face when he was here on this earth, talking to people about if you wanted to be his disciple. Okay? Second Corinthians chapter 5, watch what Paul says closely. Second Corinthians 5, I think it's verse 11, brother, 10 or 11. Okay. Or we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. No, 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 no. The first part of it. For we must all appear. Okay. For oh yes. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body 
according to that he hath done. You see, Whether that's he... done in his, in his body. I say, well, it's not with the body, it's in the body. The inward man using the dead corpse that he has to live in to do something for God, which is totally contrary to what the enemy wants you to do. It's obedience. It's obedience. By using that dead corpse for something good instead of for yourself. I start again and start at the first of it and read it again, brother, to the, to the end of the verse. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Babe, whether it be good or bad. You know, did you see the word sin anywhere, brother? No. You're not going to see it there because it's not even implied there. There's other places when we do the other study that I'll show you where the translators could have used the word sin in its place here. It just says good or bad because the good, the context ain't got nothing to do with the sin that downs. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. It's got nothing to do with that sin in Romans 7 where Paul says, it's no more I that doeth it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So Paul's talking about we're going to give an account every man of the things done in the body, whether they be good or bad. How do you know what's good or bad? You've got, you've got a whole word of God. You've got it rightly divided. You'll find out that the revelation given by the Lord Jesus Christ of the Apostle Paul to the bride of Christ lays it out. Why do you think I spend so much time there? Why do you think I encourage you to spend so much time there? There's more commandments and regulations, so to speak, and being told what to do as far as obedience and how to get that obedience in the Pauline epistles and in the Apostle Peter's writings and some of James's writings. That in saying saying also in some of John, John really hits something good in his epistles. That's where it's at. It's not in the Old Testament. It's not in Deuteronomy or Numbers or Exodus because this is the new covenant. The old passed away. These are things done by a new creature in Christ in a dead person that's dead been dead has been killed and buried with christ paul says ye are dead and your life is hid with christ in god don't look like it does it this morning when you got up that old flesh wanted something to eat didn't you wanted breakfast and just past the their necessities of life it wants well, i think i'd like to have that new thing or this little toy that's obeying the lust of the flesh paul says with food and raiment with bare necessities let us be content that's what he says in first timothy chapter six 
Now we're just talking about our self-exchange interest right now, okay? So for this obedience to take place, let's see how the Lord just takes his strong right hand and slaps everybody upside the head. Turn to Matthew, brother. Okay. Matthew chapter, start at Matthew 16 and read verse 23 and 24. Watch what he says. There's Verse 23. A key word you need to get. I mentioned it the other night. I'm going to mention it again tonight over and over again. 1624. Yes. 23 and 24. Yes. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savest okay. Wait just a second. Wait just a second. If that's the right one, it may be Mark instead of Matthew. Um, man, shoot, I, I'm gonna have to. Just fin finish reading the verse at your own. Matthew, Matthew sixteen twenty four. If not, go to Mark sixteen. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then Jesus, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me. That's it, that's it. So let me, let me preface. Here is Satan in spiritual warfare, and Peter's not even regenerated yet. Here is Peter. Saying the right thing, saying, Lord, I'll die for you, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And the Lord and, and the Lord says, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou savest the things of men more than the things of God. And then he lays a nugget down that they don't understand. The apostles don't understand none of this stuff, folks. I, and we've went through the gospel so many times, and I don't know how many times I have to take you and show you. The Lord looks them in the face and tells them exactly what's going to happen. And then when it happens, they look around at each other like a tree full of owls, like he never opened his mouth. And this is one of the places. Okay, brother, start again, and I'll let you continue and finish it. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Three things. Deny himself. Well, that that is insanity to these apostles, to these disciples. They never heard nothing like this, and they sure don't pay no attention to it. Deny himself. Remember, I've told you over and over again how the thing changed from the old to the new. In the old, it was okay to try to get like Solomon and David, and then build up a big storehouse and all that kind of stuff. The New Testament is a complete flip of the coin. 180 degree, 80 degree difference. Completely different. Folks, this is hard stuff. Let him deny himself. That word deny himself. What have you denied yourself today that you haven't been denying yourself previously? I didn't say it was necessarily uh, like going out and getting a bottle of Jack Daniels. 
I didn't say that. It didn't have to be that. Maybe it was spending, not spending more time with the Lord in his book than you normally do. And that would be denying yourself of that time you're going to spend for yourself and giving it to the Lord. Little bitty things like that. Maybe it was not going out to eat with the family, but going in your study and studying the word of God and praying whether the family likes it or not. But it was denying self and putting the Lord first. Don't try, don't let the old man try to give you all those flim flam excuses that the world gives for serving yourself. Because we all do it. But some of us know not to do it and fight against it, and others try to make excuses about it. Hypocrites. Why would I, let me give you a good hunting example. Why would I go out and buy me, let's say for instance, this is silly. It'd be silly to some of you, but to others it won't. Uh, some of you get it, some of you won't. Why would I sell my Ruger 1022, if it shot good and was accurate and wasn't broken, why would I keep it in my closet and go out and buy me a new Remington that was clip-fed clip also, that was a, a, an old nylon 66 because it was lightweight, and I justified myself spending the money for that when I had something that was perfectly good and I found an excuse to get me something new because I wanted it and I could have took that money and done something for the Lord. As far as that goes, gave it to a hitchhiker. I'm sure you could find somebody in need. Did you look? This is just silly. I'm, I'm using silly examples because to most Christians, they're so spiritually ignorant of what the Bible teaches about this kind of stuff. You have to get silly for them to even get it. Or they'll immediately start making some excuse. It's that, that's what the world's about. Why do you think the latest edition Get the new Explorer. When your old Explorer serves a purpose, takes you to work, moves your family around just as well, no problem. With no engine blown, maybe it costs you a little bit of extra money, maybe it's leaking a little bit of oil, but uh, getting an oil pan fixed is a lot cheaper than buying a new vehicle. But you wanted it, see. You didn't deny yourself. The extra money you spent could have been for the Lord in some shape, fashion, or form. Why would you, if you had a nice meal cooked by your family, by your wife, 
another silly example. Say, no, I think we're just going to go out and go down to, I don't know what the fanciest restaurant here is, and we're going to go eat blah, 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 you know, that, that, that cost a meal for four. I don't even know what it costs today. Some people think they're giving when they don't even send it, when they don't even tithe enough to buy a family of four a good meal at a restaurant. They call that tithing. But why would you do that? Why wouldn't you deny yourself? See, you don't stop and think. We've, we're so used to doing for this dead flesh that we forget that we're supposed to deny ourselves. That's being obedient to Christ. Once you get in the habit of doing this, and that's not all either, see, because next comes taking up your cross. You can go ahead and turn to Mark 6 while we're at while we're there, brother. Okay. Right here, and I'll continue on with what I'm saying. That's the first step to obedience is denial of self. Slaves do not please their self. If any one of you can deny that you are classified as a slave to your Savior and God Almighty, if you can take the word of God and prove to me that you're not considered in God's eyes and according to the word of God, a bond servant to Jesus Christ, I will get out of the ministry and I'll go become some, I, I, I'll go do something out there. I'll give up the faith and say I was wrong and I'll go to hell. See? It's, I, 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 I'm, that's, I'm not using that as hyperbole. It's that serious when it comes to the judgment seat of Christ. Because it starts with denial of self. Well, everyone ought to have a little pleasure. I didn't say that you couldn't have a little pleasure. It's where it exceeds what you do for God is when it becomes covetousness. It's when it that it that's when it goes, that's what's going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. That's the kind of stuff. Because it's all about putting yourself to the side and putting others first. The Lord Jesus Christ makes a perfect example, and we'll read it in a little bit, when he talks after the resurrection to the Prince of the Apostles, Peter, the third time he appeared to him. First step, denial of self. In little bitty things to start with. Not no, don't have to be a gigantic thing, but what have you done today? To deny yourself and put the Lord first in that place that you normally do for yourself. Hmm? What? Tell me, know what to do good and do it tonight. Just tell me sin. Hypocrite. The Spirit's willing. The inward man, I know. If, if, if the Spirit of God dwells in you, I know. You, your spirit desires to do that. 
spirit's willing, the flesh is weak. It's stuff you have to work at. It's stuff that you haven't been taught on a regular basis over and over and over again to where you've applied it in your life. Think about that. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Okay, Mark chapter 8. 8? Oh, I thought you said 6. 34? Mm-hmm. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There you go. There's the first step again. Deny himself. Every bit of this takes you away from everything the world teaches. This is part of eight in the world. Everything that's commercialized and pushed by the God of this world through all types of communication of the airwaves and through your eyes teaches you just the opposite. You ought to have the best. Instead of sewing up that seam in your shirt, you should go down and buy a new one. And save that money because that will give you extra to give the Lord. Because it's the Lord's enemies of the Lord, the Lord's that's all the Lord's and the fullness thereof, folks. It is not yours or mine. It's his. He's the one that gave you the help to get it. To see what you would do with it in this life. As part of your test. As part of the reason you're breathing air. Denial of self, and then take up your cross. I'm not going to get so heavy in the taking up the cross. God knows I've talked about it so much. I could probably just go to sleep and just talk about it through my sleep and go all through it again and never even be awake. I've talked about it and taught it so much. Because it's given to you in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but to suffer for his sake. Your crosses may be different than mine. Your cross may be a nagging wife. Just one of your crosses may be a nagging wife that has not given you spiritual grounds, biblical grounds for divorce, but just absolutely drives you crazy, spends all your money. Don't love the Lord like you love the Lord. Bible's got that covered. We've talked about it before. We'll teach you about it again. We'll get in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But see, you've got to deny yourself. I'm seeing it being done in my own family. What do y'all know about it? If you stop and think about it, my own daughter's situation. It's a denial of self. And I'm not bragging. It's just an example that y'all can wrap your mind around and know what I'm talking about. That's first step, denial of self. 
Luke chapter 9, brother. Luke chapter 9. Yeah, I can just think about all the people that hear that, that listen to this. Oh, he said that so many times. How much has been applied in your life? To whom much is given, much is required. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him is sin, folks. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. We've got three witnesses from our Lord Jesus himself. Luke 9, 23. Oh, you couldn't hear me? No. Okay. Oh. okay. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It's not, it's not a, I'll choose when I'm going to do it. Oh, Luke gets a little Paul in there, see? That's that Pauline influence. He followed Paul around all the latter part of his ministry till he died. That's just a little touch of the Pauline influence. Daily, that word daily. It's not done on a certain day of the week in a, in a nice suit in a building listening to praise music. What, no, I don't, I'm, I'm getting sick at my stomach when I think about it. Because I know the Lord's getting sick because he said he's getting sick in Revelation chapter 3. Literally. Vomiting sick. Nausea. Nauseated. So let's see. Let, let's see. what if, you, if you've got a wonderful family and everything, let's see if the Lord says it don't make no difference. That's not what you're here about. Luke chapter 14, verse 26, brother. Okay. Verse 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Did you hear what he just said? See, the Lord's not telling you to go out and start cussing your wife and kids out. This just is applicable to the doctrine that I'm trying. The New Testament solid sound doctrine of denial of self and the Lord first contrary to what anybody says. Well, my wife might leave me. Let her go. Paul said, if you have a wife that believeth not, and she, and she don't desire to live with you, if she depart, let her depart. 1 Corinthians 7. Folks, it's all covered. I'm telling you the truth. John MacArthur's not going to tell you that. You're not going to hear that on any of the mainstream television programs. 
Why do you think I'm single? Paul said it's better that man be like me. Now, it ain't by choice, okay? It was my fault one time. The second time, it wasn't my fault. When I tried to get everything in order with the Lord after the Lord put my butt about the mess, the second go around was not me. It was uh, it was the one one to depart, let them depart. And they departed. Good riddance. Bye bye. Because I rotted the wrongs of denial of self that I did not do before. Because I put somebody else on a pedestal of higher than I did the Lord. Along with a few more problems that went along with it, that the Lord worked out. over a period of time. So I speak from experience. Putting up with a dog barking woman is denial of self. If she loves God, pray for her. Maybe she'll get right. If she don't leave, let her leave. We could go to another other witnesses where the Lord talks about denying about your, about your denial of your own flesh and blood. You can't get no stronger than that. And I tell you that, I have been telling you that for seven years. I applied in my life, not that I'm grand because I'm a sinner saved by grace, but I know how to apply because that's one of the little things I want to apply my own life. So, yeah, look at you now. You're all alone by yourself. Ain't got nobody to do. But that's right. Guess who else wound up like that? Do I have to call his name? Are there names? I could name off old saints one right after another. John Wesley was one. Apostle Paul was another. Lord Jesus, everybody forsook him. And I could just go on and on. They denied their self. They put that flesh to the side because it was dead. It was more about pleasing God. It was more about doing something for God instead of for that dead flesh. Denial of self. Taking up your cross, whatever it is. I just use women because I had experience with it. I just use that as an example. There's many crosses. You may have a predisposition to do something that's been that's come down through your genetic line that you just can't seem to shake. Even though you're just as born again as the Apostle Paul. But you have to fight it and try to deny that dead faith because the flesh is dead. If you could get it, if you could ever get it. If I could ever totally get it, this 
flesh is rotten corpse. The only thing that's alive is the inward man. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, though this outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. For these light afflictions, all the stuff that happened to him, and he called it light affliction. And I have to quote that stuff to myself all the time. These light afflictions, which are but for a moment, it sure seems like a long time to me, Lord. Work they for us are far more exceeding in eternal weight and glory. Judgment seat of Christ, what we're fixing to go along with just a second, keep on with it. Work they for us are far more exceeding in eternal weight and glory. Why, Paul? While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That's why. That's reckoning this old flesh. It's dying. Paul said, the outward man perish, and the man renewed day by day. That's, it, that defies the law of thermodynamics. It's the only thing it does, and it's of God. Because that inward man is sinless. It has, it is, it is, it is, it's the image of God in Jesus Christ and the righteousness of God, which is sinless. Any man built upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones. See, we could stop there and we could run references on gold and silver and precious stones throughout the Old Testament all the way into the New and see in the context what they signify. See, this, we could stay here on this one subject right here. We could stay here for six months if we wanted to run references on it all the way throughout and show you some of the things. I have talked to you about the seven rewards that the Bible is plain about. There's one reward you get for just finishing the course and not blowing your brains out. Because if you're doing what you're supposed to do and denying self and taking up that cross and going through the things that real Christians go through, I said real Christians that's being obedient go through. Then sometimes you feel like checking out early. Paul wanted to check out early. He said he did. Out of his own mouth and wrote it down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. But for the Corinthians, it, he had to deny himself that pleasure because he got a chance to see he wanted to be with Christ, which was far better, but he said, for you it's more needful that I hang around. And Dr. Ruppman always accused him of being a suicidal maniac because everything he done, it, it was just one problem after another. It wasn't shipwrecked, it was stoning. It was stoning, it was thrown in jail. If it wasn't thrown in jail, it was bad mouthed by the brethren. If it wasn't bad mouthed by, by the brethren, it was hunger. If it wasn't hunger, it was sickness. 
He had to carry a doctor around with him everywhere he went to the day he died. Matter of fact, that's the only person he had with him was Luke when he died, registered physician. Everybody else forsook him. Denied self. No compromise. Some of you people don't have a clue what denial of self even is. Because in this modern quote unquote world system we're in, we're taught that it's fine. All the churches teach it's fine to do this, to follow the advertise, the commercialized lifestyle. It's fine to do this, and it's fine. Oh, she, my wife wants a, a prettier diamond ring, or my kid wants a new Xbox. If I when I was growing up, if I wanted anything like that, I had to work for it and save up my money and buy it. And then it had to be of use or I couldn't get it. Until later on when my parents started having problems and then all that and then my family have fell all to hell. To adulterous crap going on and I could I was telling Brother David about writing a book, I could tell a story. Man, Lord willing, if he gives me grace and mercy, I will one day. It'll be a Christian book. I've got half of one chapter written. But 85 to 90% of the stuff that I talk to you people about, and the reason I'm so adamant, is not only because, mainly because the Word of God backs up every every syllable that I'm saying, but because I've experienced it myself. That's why I'm passionate about it. Can you imagine somebody getting up and talking about going on? Uh, can you imagine somebody that never been to the doctor in their life, getting up trying to minister to somebody that, that had to take pain medicine shots every four hours, was suffering from some kind of neurologic pain, like trigeminal neuralgia, like TN, or like um, um, fibromyalgia that women get. Could you imagine some slick lace, slick tongue, coat wearing, tie wearing, slick, sap sucker out of seminary trying to minister to somebody like that? Didn't know anything about carrying a cross or denying self. Many times you ever denied yourself so somebody else could have. See, that's what the Lord did. He denied himself of all so that we could have. See, this is like an atom bomb to people that have been to churches, churches after churches and heard lukewarm, panty waste wedded down homiletical traditions of men preaching. This is like atomic bomb that, that cut that cut it off immediately. This could not be true, even though the word of God is plain. 
You can talk to some people in social work, in social work, in personal work, to their face about this stuff. I mean, you can't make nobody do nothing. That's not my job to make anybody do anything. It's my job to tell you what the Lord wants you to do for your benefit and for his glory. And he even gives you a reward for doing it. Continue reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, brother. Brother, your foundation okay. gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. This is for things done in the body, whether it be good or bad. That's what it said in 2 Corinthians 5, 11. Go ahead, brother. Verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because okay. it shall be revealed. What is that day? That's the day when every man gives an account of himself to God of the things done in the body. That's the two references to this judgment of works for rewards has nothing to do with sin. Go ahead, brother. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. This fire here is a fire that judges motive. How do you know that? It's not a fire, an unquenchable fire, like the lake of fire. It's some kind of fire that burns like the word of God separates the joints and marrow and the thoughts and intents of the heart because it's the judgment of motive. It's a judgment of motive. Continue reading, brother, and then, and then go to 1 Corinthians 13, put a finger there in chapter 1. While you're reading, finishing up right here for a sec. Okay, okay. Okay. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Okay. You're offered a reward for denying yourself, for putting others first, and obeying obedience to the commandments given by the one that they were that gives them to you, that was given to him straight from the Lord's mouth for his own bride. Wouldn't you want your bride to do what you want her to do? She's commanded to. That's why Paul says it's a great mystery. In Ephesians 5, he likens the bride of Christ to a normal relationship. Though the wife's supposed to be obedient to her husband in everything right brother dave yes everything well so how about the bride of christ obeying the lord in everything i said if you want to be my disciples you got to deny yourself you've got to be able to put all those people he said when he used the word hate he was all he was meaning was the first and great commandment, everything has to be, the Lord has to be first in decisions you make in every bit of your life, in your job, in your finances, in your relationships, in your friends, be not unequally yoked together with unbelief. See, all the answers are here. The rule book is laid out. 
the first step is the one usually is the toughest. If you've been on fire for the Lord, so to speak, and then backslide like I've had the unhealthy pleasure of doing and then have to come back and take that first step, I understand how hard the first step is to come back. But I remember how easy it was when I had that first love. If there had been a verse of scripture that said, cut off three, you know, cut off three fingers and go put them in somebody's mailbox, I'd have been, I'd been right there doing it. I'd have crawled on glass to knock on somebody's door on visitation night to tell them what the Lord had done for me. And I could not understand why they couldn't understand why, why I was so happy and why I cried my eyes out, begging them to get saved. I didn't realize that it wasn't me. I thought it was me that did it. I didn't know nothing about the Word of God then. All I know is I was born again on my way to heaven. I loved the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart, and I never had to worry again about a burning hell or a separation from God forever. I didn't ever have to worry about that. I was in love. We're going to hit on that. Because they're two types, it's very important you understand that should help. And right now, continue on, Brother Dave, about this fire, this this burning fire that's that's going to try the works. It's not going to be by appearance, folks. And I'm going to prove that to you in just a second when we finish reading, uh, finish up this verse right here. Go go ahead, brother. First Corinthians three fifteen. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet so is by fire. This has nothing to do with your salvation whatsoever. It's got to do with your obedience, your reward, and your inheritance. So, so laid out so beautifully in 2 Timothy 2 that we've read ad nauseum. And before we go to 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to 2 Timothy 2, and let Brother Dave read it again. Maybe now, maybe this time, it'll sink in a little bit better. Denial, denial of self, taking up the cross, denial, I don't know how to explain denial, look for something to deny. I know there's plenty. that you find to deny yourself of to put the Lord in his place. I know that it's in all, it's, it's, it's there for all of us. It becomes a choice then of love or not love. That's what I'll get to shortly. But it ain't got nothing to do with an outward show, and I'm fixing to prove that to you. But this suffering loss, that he talks about. Folks, it could be just shame. Okay? It could be, it's got something to do with shame and and it's got something to do with nakedness. How do I know that? Because the Lord tells me out of his own mouth in Revelation chapter 3 in his letters to the churches. Oh, that's that's the Lord's letters. 
You did know that, right? A lot of people say it's the apostles. No, no, it's the Lord's letters to the seven churches. Got something to do with shame. How do you know it's connected? Because it talks about buying gold and silver. He's begging them because they're making him sick. Who's making him sick? His bride, his people. Why? Because they're doing for themselves. They get comfortable in a position where they call themselves Christian. Because they give a little bit here, or they do a little bit there, and there's no sacrifice involved. And then even when there is sacrifice involved, that sacrifice has to be pure. I'm going to prove it to you in just a second. That, that sacrifice has got to have, the motive's got to be right. You thought the Christian life was easy, huh? Salvation was easy. That's a free gift. It should be, you know, it's a free gift. Of course it's easy. This other's not. Read that in 2 Timothy. Maybe they'll understand it. Maybe we'll all understand it a little bit better this time, Brother Dave. The faithful saying. Oh, yes. Your computer must not be as fast as mine. Second Timothy two. Okay. Um, Verse round. It Matthew. is a yeah. It is a faithful saying. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Okay. There's first part of it. Being dead with Christ. You you were crucified with Christ. Paul says, I'm crucified. That means he's dead. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. That's that inward man living in that old flesh. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. See, the old eyes dead and buried. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in that flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now go ahead and read this. If we be dead with him, we shall live with him. Next verse. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If There's, we your cross. There's your cross. There's your cross. Maybe different, different for many, 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 different for probably everybody just about it. There's a knowledge. You know, it's not different for everybody because it was, was it wouldn't be nobody be able to minister to somebody else that had some of the same problems. They can't no alcoholic minister to somebody that's never took a drink and do any good. Oh, I can tell you, tell you stories. Oh, just numbers of stories. It's about the rescue mission dealing with them people. Dealing with hookers. Crack whores. Junkies. Alcoholics, some of them lawyers, 
one judge. I could tell you many, many stories. Then you know one of the most prevalent things that I heard, and a lot of them have been in all kind of different rehabs. You know what they said? You said that many mother people, we've been to one, we've been to the one down in Mobile, by the waterfront rescue mission in Pensacola, and blah, blah, blah. I said, you know what, Brother Don, when you tell us this stuff, it's like you've been through it yourself. And when we heard it from somebody else, it was like they were just reading it out of a, off, out of a magazine. No, it was the Spirit of God is what it was. And I had been through a lot of it as well. That way you can weep with them that weep. And you can rejoice with them that rejoice. If we be dead with him, we shall live with him. If we suffer, we shall reign with him. Next verse. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Deny what? The inheritance. The rewards. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we don't deny ourselves, we're going to be denying him because he's asked you, I gave you verbatim words that he asked you to deny yourself. That's what this whole little phrase here is about. It's backing up everything we've done, talked about. Continue on, brother. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. He shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. He won't deny, if we believe not, if something happens and you try to leave, you're in Christ, you're sealed of the day of redemption, you're by one spirit, are we all baptized into one body, for there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, you're in Christ. If you wouldn't in, you couldn't make him sick, like we all do. You get sick from your stomach, nausea. That's what makes you want to puke. Now go to 1 Corinthians 13, and I'll show you how how it has to be done. How these things that we do, how important it is that it's done right. And only the individual and the Lord and the Spirit of God and your heart know whether it's right or not. And it's tough, and it's called charity. And that's what we're they're fixing. I'm fixing to show you. Let me see. If read what this map, what Paul Paul says in the first few verses, but let me show you something. What I'm talking about. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am becoming as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. All right, I'm in a church, and I can do all these. I, I got the the voice of angels. I, I can speak with all kind of tongues. I can speak every language that anybody speaks, or I'm speaking an unknown tongue that nobody knows, and I don't have charity. I sound like tingling brass and what is it, bro? What does it say, brother? Sounding brass and tingling cymbals. Yes. In other words, it's useless without the charity part. And the charity part 
is the deep inner motive. That's what sort it is in 1 Corinthians 3. That's the fire that judges. That's the, that fire knows if it's charity or not. Okay, let's see something else. Read the next verse. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. My, what would the world think about somebody could do that? Wonder if you could do all of that. But you didn't have this other part. It ain't worth a flip up in smoke. Roger Teasdale, I'm making up a name. If I happen, you happen to be out there, I'm just making up a name. I, I don't know anybody by this name. I'm just made up. Roger Teasdale works. I studied the Bible for 45 years, and I, I understood this right here. I wrote a book about the end times and blah, 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 blah. And, I, and it, was, it was on the number one bestseller list. Turn the fire on, Michael. Cuts down the, the joints and marrows of the bone, down to the thoughts and intents of the heart. No charity, Lord. Up in smoke. Um, spent 40, 50 years gone. No good. Read what Paul says next. 1 Corinthians 13. Yes, verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. Right though, I, though I send out to five preachers $500 a month, though I give them $10,000 a month, and I go and I send out checks to the Salvation Army and to the rescue missions. And they got my name in, in the placard, written in concrete. And I gave this much money for this foundation to be put out for the poor, to build this new rescue mission. Is that right? Ezekiel Brown, Michael, hit the lever. Fire. No charity, Lord. A lifetime gone up in smoke. Suffer loss. Shame and disgrace. And some more things. Annabelle Suzanne. Stand before the Lord. What did you do? Well, Lord, I was a housewife for 30 years, and, I, and uh, I went to First Baptist Church, and and, and, and I worked housekeeping because my husband's job, we barely made it. And I was I was faithful. I, I, was able, I was able to give you $5 a week. Lord, I did it for 30 years. And, and Lord, you know, I pray, I pray every day for everyone on this list. 
Michael, where's that list? He pulls out a book about half inch thick that this woman went through and prayed for each one of those individuals. And when they would go on to be with the Lord, she'd write them off and she'd ask for and put another one on there. And I raised three kids, Lord, and all of them trusted you. And the preacher down at down at the Bible Baptist Church baptized them. And Lord, you know I love you. Because I got in some straight that there's things happened to me, Lord, that there's no way that I could have got through unless it hadn't if it was you, your protection. And I always loved my husband. And though he did things that I didn't approve of, I obeyed him because that's what your holy word said. And I know it was words right out of your mouth and I had faith in it. Michael, hit the lever. All of a sudden silence. All the holy angels praise the Lord Jehovah. Hallelujah. He went through the fire. The motive was right. The motive was right. Paul said, though he gave his body to be burned, give up his own life and gave everything he had to feed the poor. And if he didn't have this charity, this motive right, it doesn't mean nothing. Go to Revelation chapter 3. Okay. And start where it says, And to the church of, to the angel of the church of Laodicea, right eye. About verse 11, somewhere right there, right in there, I think. Yeah. Verse, uh, verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. Not stop. I doubt neither cold nor hot. They know a little bit of scripture. They go to church. They, 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 amen, brother. They, they got Christian friends. They do some of that stuff I talked about, but they do it because they see something. They, they, they think, well, I, I need to do this. Uh, I better do this, you know, because everybody's watching me. You know, the plate comes around. They no telling how many people have thrown money in a plate because the person next to them did and they could have carried if there hadn't been nobody sitting around them there wouldn't have been a dime went in the plate 
I know thy works, he said, that thou neither cold nor hot. Well, if he's hot, he'd be given twice what he gave two years before he didn't grow as a Christian. See, with growth comes added obedience. There's supposed to be growth. There's not supposed to be stagnation. Cold or hot is lukewarm, see? That's tepid. Anybody can get in lukewarm water. Continue reading, brother. That thou art neither cold nor hot. <clears throat> I would thou wert cold or hot. Now, he wished if they were cold or hot because if they were standing, <laughs> beat the hell out of them till they got their act right and they started learning the simple lessons of what it takes to be a disciple, a true Christian, and obey in obedience to the Lord. They could allow the Lord to work out their, sal their salvation out of them through fear and trembling. They could understand that if they didn't get chastised and scourged, they wouldn't have signed to start with. They were a bastard. They were deceiving their own self. Because with Christianity comes growth. Paul, or as Paul puts it, till Christ be formed in you. The Corinthian church, I want to feed you meat, but I can't because you're a bunch of bottle-sucking babies. And I still can't because you're not growing. Well, I know 30 verses of scripture. Well, how did you learn that 30? Well, why don't you learn 30 more? Unless you've got a godly excuse, why not? Unless you went blind or something, or you don't have no access to anywhere where you memorize. I'm just using this as an off-the-wall example. Okay? So if they're cold, God's got a chance to deal with them and get them on the right track. I know I've been cold. I've been all three of these. I can speak from experience. And I know what gets you out of that cold. And I've got the scars both mentally spiritually, psychologically to prove it. And the Lord knows my heart. And I know what it's like to make big money and just set aside so much and claim I'm doing some big thing for the Lord. When I ought to have been given three quarters instead of less than a quarter. And so instead of building a business, I ought to have been still looking for the ministry, looking to serve the Lord, instead of trying to make up an excuse, well, I can serve the Lord by just going to church and giving. See, I'm, now I'm talking to preachers. It's not this, that's, that's not for everybody. That's for God-called preachers. They make excuses like, like that, like I made. And I also know what it is to be hot and be called a fool, an idiot, 
somebody that's crazy, he's gone off the deep end. That Bible, he's read it so much, it's made him crazy. I know what it's like all three places. That's why I can tell you this with passion from the depths of my heart. I know what it's like to feel the nausea of the Lord. And that scares me to death. I don't never want to get back there to that point again or get in a situation to where I would fall back into that situation again. And if it has to be betrayal, if it has to be denial, lies, if it has to be pain and suffering to keep his commandments, praise be to God, let her live. Continue reading, Brother Dave. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. They were deceived. They think they're one way and they're the other. Just like I told you. Just like I told you. We are the best people at making excuses for ourselves when it comes to keep from denying self and when it keeps when when it comes to sacrificing ourselves we're the best ones at making excuses that look spiritual but are as far from spiritual as the night is from the day we can justify our sin better than judas because of the era that we live in today. By the time period we live in today. That ain't according to me. That's what God just said. That's what the Lord just said. Continue reading, brother. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. That okay. Stop going further. So God now is telling them. He's telling us how to stay out of that condition. He wants to give rewards to his bride. He wants his bride to be decked out so beautiful. He don't have to whisper it in ears in some language nobody else knows but you because he's already got it written in a book and he's called preacher to tell you and read those word, very words to you and the Holy Spirit to convict you, if so be the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And he's given his loving counsel because he loves us. He loves his bride. I counsel thee to buy of me gold. That's royalty. That's a sign of royalty. Tried in the fire. What does the fire do? It burns it pure. It gets the impurities out of that self-righteousness and that hypocritical type attitude and that self-justification. 
That's what that fire does. It purifies. When Michael pulls that lever and all the sound of that precious metal coming down, not a bunch of campfire smoke going up like a forest fire in Yellowstone or Mount Vesuvius going off from all the smoke from the ones that put on a good show, kick back in their luxury. And I'm just talking about our brethren. I'm just talking about our the bride. I ain't talking about nobody whosoever will. I ain't talking about the brethren that won't trust Christ. I'm talking about the bride, the most important thing to Jesus Christ is his wife. Continue reading, brother. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with salve that thou mayest see. That's right. And that seeing comes by the, uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The heart gets right. The repentance comes. The heart gets right. The Holy Spirit anoints those spiritual eyes to see. And then things change. Usually after a pretty good butt whipping. And that's all part of it. He wants his bride to see. He wants her to have the best. That's when, see, the best is always for last. Serve now, reign later. Over cities, kings and priests, that's later. That's not now. And our old dead, rotten, stinking, Corpse wants it to be in the now and now instead of later. When the Lord says plainly, this world's not ours. We look for a city to come like Father Abraham. Go to John chapter 21. We're going to close with this. And yes, there will be a part three. Okay, I'm there. Which John chapter 21, start with verse 15. Let me set the stage. This is the third appearance. And also pull up your strongs because I want to show y'all. There's a reason the smart, God-led, Holy Spirit-led King James translators did not put love in 1 Corinthians 13. That, that screws up more people than if you than a screwing machine does. They have no clue there's a difference. And the King James translators being led by God knew there was a big difference. Therefore, they used the word charity. And that's the greatest of all. Faith, hope, charity. The greatest of these is charity. That's the last verse of 1 Corinthians 13. 
That's because it's fire. That's because it will find out what the motive is. It will bring it to light. But see, don't forget, this is before the audience of all the martyrs. This is not this this judgment doesn't take place in a in a closet where nobody else sees. Because you just being it'd be bad enough to be ashamed in front of a holy God, our Lord Jesus Christ, after him being naked and beat like he was. And you having an opportunity in a time period where there's so much stuff you could do, but you choose for yourself instead of choosing for the Lord. Now, this is the third appearance. They're on the beach. The boys have been, they got tired of waiting on the Lord, tired of waiting on the Holy Spirit. Peter said, he said, just like Peter did, he's run to, oh, he makes an excuse, said, I go fishing. The Lord told him to carry till he come. Disobedient. Thou hop in the boat, get out in Pensacola Bay, and get him a gill net, start trying to get him up some mullet. They get in there about seven o'clock when the sun goes down. Just the other side of Gulf Breeze. And they, they can't catch nothing. They hear them flipping out there, but every now and then they'll get that they'll get a, a bowl um can't think of the name of the sap suckers now. Um those slick fish and ain't worth nothing. The croaker. They catch a croaker and throw it back, wouldn't good deal. And John forgot to put the extra gas in the, in, in the motorboat. So they're out there, and they got when they got Philip back on the side, they'd, they'd take that aluminum boat, and they'd, with that little three-horsepower mercury, and they'd ease that big old 300-foot gill net out, and then they'd all get back, and they'd pull it in, and it wouldn't be nothing. And they'd toil all night long. Till it's just about daylight, and over the ward pace, when the sun starts coming up, they see the sun coming up and they see a fire down the beach, on down the beach toward Panama City. And they see somebody standing there. And they could smell fish cooking. And Peter said, who's that? John said, I'm not sure, but it looks familiar. Philip said, I don't know, but that fish sure does smell good. We ain't caught nothing, and we fished all night long. Andrew, let's roll this net up, put it in the back of the Bronco, and let's get in the boat and ease down the side. Let's don't get, you know, no telling who that is, we'll ease down the side of the beach here. So they rolled up the net and put it back, put it in. They got it, cleaned it up real good, and rolled it up, put it in the back of the Bronco. And they got in the boat and they eased down the side. And the closer they got, 200 yards, 150, 100. John said, Guys, we got 75, 50. John says, Guys, that's the Lord. Peter's naked, been naked all night long because there hadn't been nobody out there but just the guys. 
he left off his skirt thing. He jumps in there. He couldn't wait for for John to get the boat. Couldn't get it cranked and ease on up to shore. He jumps in the water and swims toward the fire. Hey, Lord, is it me? It's Peter. Lord, John finally gets the boat cranked up, and then they get to shore, and then they get all standing there, and the Lord's sitting there, and he's got some big old about pound and a half, two-pound mullet laid out on them coals cooking. See that, guys? Have me luck last night? My Lord, Peter said. Couldn't get them scooted. Couldn't, couldn't find a scooter of them, Lord. The sharks must have been in here last night. Run all the mullet off. Too much, too much lighting or too much of that glowing stuff in the water, Lord. I guess that's what the problem was. Lord said, mm-hmm. Well, you know, Lord, sometimes that's the way it is. You can't catch them every time you come out here. You can't be like those spears and that bunch of Pensacola Bible Institute. Let's come out here and catch buckets with uh, coolers full and then go sell them down there in Nicker. Oh, oh, excuse me, Lord, uh, over, over in uh, Ameri- uh, Afro-American field. Lord said, mm-hmm. Yeah, they are going to Bible school. Ain't they? Yeah, they are, Lord, but you know that old reprobate, heretic, Peter F. Ruckman. You know, you can't pay much yeah, but remember, he loves my book, Peter. Then they all sat down and start looking at the fish cooking there, and the Lord says to Peter, calls him off to the side, and start reading the verse 15, Brother Dave. I'll let the Holy Spirit take over. Okay. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Okay, he said, I want you to open your songs up, and I want you to look up lovest thou and strongs and see what that lovest thou is. Okay. Uh, I can't play it on the speakers right now because my sound system changed. It's agape. Yeah, agapo. Yeah. Right, it's agapo. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Can, you, can you read the definition? Sure can. Perhaps from, um, again, or compare H5689, love in a social or moral sense. Beloved. So in a sense, uh, social or moral sense. Can you read the root? Okay, the root. Uh, Compare with agab, which means a primitive root, to breathe after, after, to love sensually. That's the root, correct? Yes. It's a deep moral love, correct? Yeah, to dope, lover. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now I want you to go and continue reading the verse. Okay. Simon Peter, lovest thou me? Yep. Lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou lovest, knowest that I love thee. 
He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Feed he my saith, lambs. Feed my lambs, folks. Remember this. Feed my lambs. Go ahead, brother. He saith to him again the second time, Simon. Did Peter sitting there all the while digging him old feet in the sand? Got his head down between his legs. Because see, the Lord's last commandment, the obedience would have been to tarry till he comes. They were supposed to wait on the Lord. They don't forget that. Obedience. Self-denial. Continue reading. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith uh, unto him. Look up, lovest thou me again? See what word that is. Okay. Um, you know, I know what they are. I'm just getting you to do it for the folks' sake. Okay. It's, uh, lovest thou me? It's a drop again, brother, okay? I clicked the wrong one here, sorry. Um, it's Phileo. You're at the wrong one. Agape, your love is thou. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Agape. Yes, I know it is. Now read the next, the third time. He asked Peter three times. Okay. Now read, listen what the Lord says next time. Go ahead. And he said unto him now, said, and he said, excuse me, let me show it again. Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus, Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Didn't say feed my lambs, did he? No. Look up, lovest thou there. Okay. See, see the difference. And then read the definition. Of that. Okay. okay, it's phileo and it is strong's definition to be a friend to, fond of an individual or an object, have affection for denoting personal attachment as a matter of sentiment or feeling. While uh, G25 is wider, embracing especially the judgment and the deliberate assent of the will as a matter of principle, duty, and propriety. The two thus stand related very much. Um, the former being chiefly of the heart and the latter of the head, especially to kiss as a mark of tenderness. Kiss, it's love. Like, it's like a love between a husband and a wife. Mm -hmm. Now as then, a, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and read verse 22. Uh, chapter 16 in which book? 1 Corinthians 16, 22. Okay. 
1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, maranatha. No need to look it up. I'll tell you it's phileo love. It's like a, it's a, it's a bride and bridegroom love. It's different than agape love. It's different than 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 is a deeper, more down-to-bone discerning type love. That's why you could do all those outward things, and it would mean nothing to the Lord. It has to be that deeper, deeper love. That's why the translators didn't use the word love. If you use the word love all the way through there, they wouldn't nobody have a clue that there was a difference. Now Paul tells you if you don't love the Lord like a husband loves his wife. In other words, their obedience and denial of self, letting him be anathema maranatha, or a curse till he comes. You don't get nothing else out of this message. I hadn't went through some of the rewards. In part three, we will. Some of them are simple. One of them is just hanging on, like I said, not blowing your brains out and doing what the Lord thinks you are. You're doing what you think the Lord calls you to do. But let me give you, before I go ahead and dismiss this in a word of prayer, let me show you the very thing you have to start with before you can even take the first step of knowing why you're here and what you're supposed to do. Go to Romans 12 and read 1 and 2. Okay. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. This I beseech you. This is Paul begging because he loves the brethren, both agape and phileo. He sacrificed it all. He would he he really loved the brethren and the sisters. Go ahead, brother. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable service, sacrifice, self-denial. Now watch what happens if you do this. Take this step. Make a point to take this step. It has to come about in your life if you want to fulfill the call of God in your life. And if you don't want that same, that shame and that fire, and there's more that goes with it, and we'll get into that in the next study, that goes with the suffering that comes with the not Obeying, they're not obeying for the rewards. The Lord, isn't that bad? It seems like the Lord would want you, well, if he don't want it, I don't care, just go ahead and, you know, something you can. There's more to it than that. Because eternity is a long time. And there is a lot of folks out there that ain't like us. Anyway, go ahead, brother. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's right. That's your first step. It's denial, a living sacrifice. 
crucified life, reckoning yourself to be dead under sin, but alive under, under life under Christ. You're supposed to be dead. Take those small steps. Some of this may be like it's coming from another, if there was such a thing, another star system. So far removed from anything you've been taught, anything you've ever heard. That's because you're not hearing truth today, folks. Your pay, you think your your pastor probably, as long as he is ta well taken care of, if you go to a big church or even a medium-sized church, he's not going to do nothing to rock the boat, even if he knows the truth. He'll be scared to tell you, even if the Lord showed him, unless he is an actual servant of the Lord and has dedicated his life to, to you know, down the torpedoes, as the movie said, let come what may, I'm going to tell the truth. You'll, you've never heard anything like some of this. I wonder why not. I wonder why not. What is it you can take in your life? Reward. You want to be set up. You want to make your husband happy. You want to be decked out in silver and gold and precious stones. Or you don't want to be set aside as a certain group that's ashamed and naked and suffer loss through that fire. That fire that knows down deep inside if you're putting on a sham or you're doing less than your best. And believe me, the Lord knows. And the Lord knows all about it. Because this book will cut through to your very thoughts and intents of the heart. Heavenly Father, I pray that you take the words that's been said tonight, Father. Yes. A lot of things, Father, may have been over a lot of people's heads. I pray that you'd bring to this program, to this recording, the ones that these words were meant for. We're meant for all of us, Father. May being chief amongst all, as the chiefest of sinners and the most disobedient and the most unobedient to you, Father, I feel... I feel so unworthy of the calling that you've given me, Father. And I still sometimes think about just stepping aside and not continuing on, but the time of backsliding in my life, Father, when you, what you had to do to bring me back. And Father, I pray that you take the, let the Holy Spirit take the words of God that's been read and use them in the heart to change, to grant them repentance, the ones that's deceived into believing, oh, they've got it right, or this, whatever, Father, whatever the problem may be in their life. Man, woman, child, teenager, doesn't matter, Father, if they're yours. I pray that you take the Holy Spirit, convict them of their disobedience to you, and show them 
your willingness to take them back into the fold, Father, and to, to, for them to grow yes. in your greatest desire. It's just like a natural father and mother situation here on this earth. You want to see the best for your children. And you, Father, want to see the best for us. And you're the all-eternal one, the heavenly Jehovah. But we know that you want the best for us. Though we may not understand the trials and tribulations that we have to go through sometimes. And sometimes you do let us know. Father, I pray that you take and work on the hearts of the people that hear these things. Yes. Let them understand that there's truth out there, Father. That majority of the things that we've been told in this world that's been run by the God of this world, Lucifer, most of it's been a lie. Down even into the church, down even into the Bible teaching, down as far as you can go, this world is run by your adversary, Lucifer, now. And we can't wait till your son, our Lord and Savior, takes it back over. Work in the hearts, Father. Bring more into the fold. We need more people that love you. We need more people, Father, that are willing to sacrifice, that are willing to set their self aside for the kingdom of God's sake. We need more people to yeah. tell other folks about salvation, about how they can go from death unto life, Father, how they can trust the blood and the death, burial, and resurrection of your son for salvation with their hearts, how they can rest their body on the resurrection of Christ and have eternal life as a free gift during that time of conviction by the Holy Spirit, Father. I pray that you'd let them understand that, Father, that that's how simple it is. It's a free gift. You pass it out for free for those that'll take it. You said in the same chapter Brother Dave was reading out of, in the very next few verses, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door unto me, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. And, Father, we know you will. You're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's what you say in your book, Father. And we know that the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, cleansed us from all sin. And, Father, help us to understand that mysterious thing of inward man, outward man, and lay, may the inward man rule and reign in our life instead of a dead, rotten corpse dictating to us what we do. And may we please you more and more, whether it's by little bitty steps right now, for those that don't quite understand, but you're giving them a little bit, or us that get the full picture, let us make a bolder stand, rededicate our lives to your service, to your will, for your glory, because everything was created for your glory and your pleasure anyway, Lord. It's all yours, and maybe all the least we can do is give all we've got to you and sacrifice ourselves for you because you're going to give it all to us one day, and that will be an eternal day. And we look forward to that day when your son splits the eastern sky, and we can say right now with the biggest hallelujah we could get out of our mouth even so come lord jesus amen and amen yes lord amen amen <clears throat> contact information for don spears ministry 
Telephone number is 334-397-2333. The email is respecttothelord at yahoo.com. Pastor Don's PayPal account. Please send your offerings to the Lord Jesus Christ via this ministry at PayPal. You can enter respecttothelord at yahoo.com and you'll see Pastor Don's name come up. Thank you very much for your offering. The mailing address is 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, 36017. 36017. Don Spears Ministry Sermon Times. We're at TalkShoe now, and it's archived there on TalkShoe and at YouTube. We're here at TalkShoe on Friday and Sunday night. Time is 6 Central, 7 Eastern. You can get here by entering in the following forward slash forward slash www.talkshoe.com forward slash studio forward slash 497135. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you Sunday night. God bless each and every one of you, and we will be back, Lord willing, help permitting Sunday night with part three of this. It won't be as long. We went long-winded tonight. Um, still didn't get to some things I wanted to, but I may be able to work them in Sunday night. But either way, we won't be here as long Sunday night. We'll hit on a few topics and um, close out because of next week, next, um, Monday night being work week. I love each and every one of you. God knows my heart. I'm not saying that just to be saying it. The Lord knows my heart, and I appreciate you so much. I think I've said it many, many times before, but my faithful men here who are here when this program starts are some of the some God's finest saints on the face of this earth. I believe that with all my heart. I've seen the loyalty and faithfulness. I've seen it with my own eyes. I have I've, I've felt the reward from it, and I thank God for them. Father, I pray that you bless each and every one of them beyond measure, Father. Give them the surety of your call in their life and what they're supposed to do and work this whole thing out amongst us all, Father. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And for his sake alone. Amen and amen. Amen. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. I pressed stop recording and it's wrapping around right now. So I think we've got it still recording. <clears throat> Didn't it do that before, Brother Dave? Yeah, a couple of times it's done this where it wouldn't stop. Yeah, it's still recording. I think yes. it just stopped. Or did it? Well, I press the red button and then a window pops up that says, are you sure you want to stop recording and live streaming this conference call? And I press the button that says stop recording. But it just wraps around like there's a little one of those things that like on YouTube where, you know, that little icon is spinning.
oh yeah it's, doing. it's spinning like that so it's wrapping around it's not stopping the recording it's trying to or something but it's not uh, i don't know i'd be the last one on earth to be able to tell you what to do yeah i don't know what it, I, it, it may have i'm just thinking may have supporting but we're still able to speak to each other live well, the, the last times that it did this it it actually the, well, the first time it did this, I went back later and checked it because we continued to talk and it was recorded. Yeah. yeah. But then okay. the last uh, couple of times later, it happened sporadically here and there, and we would just stop talking and it ended itself because we all hung up. I tell you what, let's, yeah. let's don't nobody hang up for about four or five minutes and see if it'll cut off itself. Okay. Okay. It just let's just hang around a while and see if it'll cut off itself. Nobody make a sound and let's see if it, it, its voice activated. Well, I'll say goodbye and God bless and catch, oh, you catch got you next time. No, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. Um, I'm just talking to you. I'll stay on air. Okay. I, I, I want us to talk some more. You know, um, that's the reason I said we we just. We're trying to get this thing to cut off so we can't talk without yeah. being recorded. Understand.
Yeah, it's still wrapping around. Well, I, I don't, I don't care. Let it record. I mean, if, any, if anybody comes on here, you know, just coming through YouTube, they'd think we, they'd probably think we were gone. We lasted five minutes, you know, and didn't say nothing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they think we mm -hmm. Brother P, how's your um, building holding up? How's your shed holding up, brother? Yeah, I, yeah, yes, it's gone. It's gone pretty good. I'm going to try and pour a bit of a slab uh, this week. Got to pre prep a jet and. Uh, not a lot of work, but I'll have it all finished. And uh, yeah, amen, brother. Good. Amen. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I I think of these things when when I uh, listen to preaching like you did today, and I often look at what I can do and what I can't do, and and whether I should do it and whether I shouldn't do it. But that's all went into the planning of it in the beginning, and I just pray the Lord blesses it. That's all I can do. Amen, brother. Um, Amen. I'm trying to build a castle, but if there's a place outside your little house that needs a that needs uh, that needs a veranda on it, well, capable of making it from the start and doing everything myself without employing anybody. So why can't I use that gift to um, give me a bit of comfort in life? Amen. I don't think it's a sin. I think it's a yeah. You need it. And the way you live, that's according. That's, that's yeah. how you live, brother. You don't live in a house. Yeah. You know that's that that's a necessity. That's part of that's part of life, right there. That's not a well. That's not a place. Yeah, see, yeah, that's where I, that's, I look. I think of well. I also have been gifted to the extent that you know I can, I can do the for myself. Amen. Um, I, I from God, so I, I, I can use that for my own benefit. And if right. I can, if I can build, if I can build a, a 